I, I really believe uh, Lenny did an amazing job last week of just uh, of really play, uh, paving the way for this with saying that we are to be fat uh, this year, and that's faithful, available, and teachable. And, uh, and just, I, I think, again, if we are those three things, if we are faithful to God, if we are available to God, if we are teachable, this is going to be a year that rocks our world. This is going to be a year of, uh, like, like no another in our life and in this, uh, in this body as well. And there's three other, there's three words that, that I really believe that God has put on my heart this year that I'm just, uh, I'm passionate about. And the first one is, uh, is the word, is the word deeper. Everybody say deeper. Uh, and, and I want to, th- you know, you think about deeper, a lot of times you think about water. And I want you to think about your childhood when, uh, when probably most of us started out in the kiddie pool and little baby pools and everything and just kind of flopped around there a little with mom and dad and our brother and sister and things. But then there came the time where we went to the, the shallow end. And this was a big step. This is a big hole, opened up a whole new world for us when we were able to play with the other kids there and, and do things in the shallow end. But then... There was th- that other step, and we went to the deep end, and again opened up a whole new world, didn't it? Where we could we could use the jump off the diving board, and we could play games and and everything that we you couldn't do in the shallow end, and it was it was a whole new world. And I thought about you know my own life of just the, the going to the the beach and just how that transformed, and you go from you know ankle deep and knee deep and waist deep, and then finally you go out in the breakers and you're you're in there with the with the big waves, and and you, then you do stuff that that adds a whole different element to it. You do the the bodyboard and you do uh, body surfing and you also do the you know, regular surfing as, as I, I learned that. And then, then came the whole different world for me. And that's when I, I put my, my head down in the water for the first time with a mask on and I went snorkeling. And you talk about mind-blowing. I mean, that, would just, oh, that opened up a whole different world. The world, just the, the, the ocean just became alive at that point in just an incredible, incredible way. And then, uh, but then there was scuba diving. I learned to scuba dive a few years ago and that again just just opened up a whole new world and took me to I didn't have to you know didn't have to take deep breaths I could I could just breathe underwater an amazing thing and in the same way God says this that he take the deep crawls out to deep deep calls out to deep and what that's really saying too is 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 God wants to take us deeper God wants to, and in the same way as as in the uh, the ocean every time you, God takes you deeper it's cooler it's more amazing it's you see aspects of God you never saw before it's transforming it's, it's it's amazing. And God this year, I believe with all my heart, wants to take us deeper and deeper in, an, uh, in a new way. And there's two more things about deeper that we need to understand. The first thing is, is this, that as your roots go down deeper, it's harder to uproot you, isn't it? I mean, think about anybody that does the um, gardening understands this. You understand that, that there's, some, there's some weeds that all you have to do is just, just barely tug them and they come up because they have no root system. But then there's other roots that are, are weeds that it takes a thermonuclear explosion to get these things up, don't they? Because it seems like their, their, their root is wrapped around the, the core of the earth. And you just pull and pull and pull and you're going, where is the end of this thing? And there's people like that too, isn't there? There are people that their root system is so, so shallow that the littlest thing can throw them off. The littlest thing can make them out their faith. The littlest thing can throw them into a turmoil. And then there's other people that you and I know that, oh my goodness, it takes, I mean, it takes anything to shake their faith. I mean, they can't be shaken because their root go down so deep and they can have storms of life hit them in huge ways. And they, and not only do they still believe, not only do they, they still make it through, but they believe stronger at the end and they believe stronger in the, in the middle of the storm than they did before. And just an amazing thing. And, and I think God is telling us to get our roots down deeper as well. And something else too is 
is, is the deeper the foundation, the higher the building can go. We know that in, uh, you know, in, in engineering. We know the deeper the, the foundation, the higher the building can go. And I think God wants to take you further and higher than you've ever been in your life. And I think something it's going to take is for you to, to go down deeper, for your roots to go down deeper, for that base to go down, uh, down deeper before. And, and there's a, a time when Jesus gave an invitation to Simon Peter to go deeper. And listen to what happens here. Uh, and he had just been talking and, and preaching. And, and then he looks at uh, and kind of using Simon's boat as a natural amphitheater by the water and using the water to amplify to the thousands of people he was talking to. And then he did this. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the, what's the word? Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a, for a catch. And Simon gave a lot of reasons and some good reasons why that was really stupid. Uh, because he said, you know what, we've just been fishing and we've caught nothing. So why are we going to go fishing again? This is not a good day to fish. And we're exhausted. We've been up all night. And he could have said something else. He could have said, you know, this is not the time to fish on the Sea of Galilee. You fish at night in the shallows. That's how you do it here. You don't fish in the middle of the day in the, in the deep end. That's not how you do it. But that's what he, uh, but, but, you know, watch what he did with that invitation. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. Nevertheless, don't miss that word. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was, uh, and their net was breaking. So they, soaked, uh, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to, to come and help them. And they came and, both boats, uh, and filled both boats so that they began to, to sink. And Jesus beckoned Simon and say, come out in the deep. Go out in the deep. Launch out into the deep. Go deeper than you are right now. And, and Simon had a choice, just like we have a choice, because I really believe that God right now, that Jesus is beckoning to every single person who's hearing my voice, launch out in the deep. Go deeper than you are right now. And we can come up with a million excuses, just like Simon could, with this is not a good time in my life, or I've got this going on, or you know what, whatever it is. But here's the thing. What happened when Simon did say yes to that invitation? He had a net-breaking, boat-sinking miracle that happened there. And I really believe that the difference between where we are right now and maybe some some net-breaking, boat-sinking miracles in our life is the difference between us saying yes to God's invitation to go deeper or, or not. And we need to understand something. We don't accidentally go deeper, do we? You don't accidentally go deeper in your faith. You don't accidentally grow closer to God. You do that by taking steps. Uh, in fact, there was a, a lady that I was talking to just the other day, and she said 2017 was transformational for her in the church. She said, I, my faith has grown like it's never grown before. And then she talked about steps she took to make that happen. She said, talked about uh, steps that she took to, she started being in, involved in a, in a women's Bible study, and she started to have a stronger devotional life and all this. And, and it didn't just happen. Just like you don't accidentally go deeper in the ocean. Just like you don't accidentally go deeper in the pool. You go there by choice. You take some steps to go there. In the same way, if we're going to go grow deeper in the Lord, there are steps that we have to, to take. And I believe, I believe as individuals, and I believe as a church body, God is taking us and saying, go deeper. I want you to do something, just a little exercise. Even do this for those who are watching online, if you could do this. If we could stand up one second, I want you to do just an exercise. This is going to be fun. Don't worry about this. And I want you to do some, I want you to, to, to raise your hands as high as you can. Go as high as you can, okay? Now go two inches higher. Look at that, isn't that wild? You should have seen it from this angle. Everything just went boom like this. Now go ahead and be seated. What did you learn there? 
Isn't it weird that you were told that you could, you know, say, say go deeper, I mean, go, reach higher, reach high, as high as you can, and you tried to do that, but at the invitation, just simply at my invitation, you went two inches higher. And I believe God is saying this year, go two inches higher. And you may think, what in the world, what difference does two inches make? It makes a whole lot of difference, doesn't it? Some of you have been in an accident, you've been this close to two, two inches with the difference between life and death. I remember one t- two inches is the difference between an Olympic gold medal and not meddling in the, you know, that's coming up in, the, uh, in, in a few weeks. And something, I thought about this. I remember when I was a teenager, when I was a, a, in, a, just barely into high school, you know, I loved to play basketball and we would, there was a, you know, place that we'd play and I could not dunk the ball. But there was a place that was a little bit, the, the, the uh, goal was a little bit shorter. And, and I still couldn't quite do it. I'm like two inches short because I, I would hit the rim, the front of the rim, which is not fun when you're trying to, to, to dunk the ball because you just bounce backwards and, and, and fall backwards. But I remember we're playing one time and we're playing at that place with the, with the lower rim and one of our all-state guard uh, came up and he started to play with us and, and he just took it and, and dunked it. And I thought, okay, the other guys I'm playing with, they're, they're six foot, they're six two, they're, they're six four, they can dunk it, but this guy's my height. So, man, I, I mean, if he can do it, I can do it. And I don't know whether it was testosterone. I don't know whether it was inspiration because I saw him. I don't know, you know, just, be, just the, whatever it was, adrenaline at that moment. But I went up and pow. And some of you guys know what I, man, do you remember your first dunk? Is that not the greatest? Even if it's on a Nerf basketball, it just feels good to dunk that ball. And the difference between, between me, you know, dunking the ball and just, or landing on my back was that two inches. And I believe God is calling us to the two inches that is going to be the difference between you just doing laps in your faith and you just barely making it and you, and you thriving this year in a way that you never dreamed and going closer to God and your roots going down deeper and you're not being able to just push to and fro by any wind and doctrine and, and things like that. And, and so, the, so the, the first word is what? Deeper. The second word is rest. And I'm not talking here, I'm not talking about, you know, taking a nap. I'm not talking about, you know, just sitting around twiddling your thumbs doing nothing. What I'm talking about is, is really the words trust and surrender. That's what I'm talking about. And again, you want the poster child for trust in the Father. Take a look at, this, at Jesus the Son. And we know the story there of a lot of us. And, and there's this incredible squall going on, this, this horrible storm on the, on the Sea of Galilee. And, and, and Jesus is in a boat with his disciples, and his disciples are freaking out. I mean, think of it. These are, these are hardened fishermen. These guys have been on the, on the, the, the boats in, in Galilee, and they've seen storms before. And, and this one's scaring them to death. They really believe they are going to, to die. They believe they are going to perish. This is how, how wicked this storm is. And where's Jesus? He's asleep in the boat. And then they wake him up. And, and he doesn't, you know, I mean, he doesn't just sleep during the storm. When he wakes up, he still doesn't freak. There's a storm going on. And, and, and he sees, don't miss this. This really hit me. He sees the same storm they're seeing. But he's reacting completely different. They're freaking. And he's trusting. And he asks the, the question that just seems crazy at this time. He asks the question, he says, what is he saying? Why are you afraid? And I don't know about you, but I'd come up with a lot of good answers at that point. I'd say, you know, lightning, waves, dying, you know, things like this. But Jesus is so full of trust for the Father that he's going, it doesn't make sense. It, it, here's the wild thing. It never made sense for Jesus to freak. 
It never made sense for him to, to, to stress, to worry, to do these things. He was somehow, even in the middle of a storm, he was able to, to, to trust God. Here's what he trusted. He trusted God's provision. He trusted God's protection. He trusted God's goodness. He trusted God's love for his life. What difference would it make if this year we went into 2018 and this is a year that we absolutely trusted God's goodness, that we absolutely trusted God's promises, that we absolutely trusted his word, that we absolutely trusted his love for us, that we trusted his faithfulness. Do you think this year may be completely different if we rested and we trusted in God uh, in, in that way? And one, because here's the thing, one thing we know that's gonna happen this year we're going to face storms just like the disciples did. You're going to face storms in your life. You're going to face storms in your marriage. You're going to face storms in your family. You're going to face storms in your friendships. You're going to face storms at work. You're going to face, face storms at school. We're going to face storms in this nation. We're going to face storms in this, in this world. And I'm not saying that, you know, as a, as a Debbie Downer. I'm saying that because that's what happens. This side of heaven, we're going to face those things. So what's going to happen? What are we going to do when we face those things? Are we going to freak like the disciples? Are we going to trust like, like, like Jesus? You know, there was um, a person, Mick Vaught, one time asked a group of men, we were in a men's Bible study, he asked, I thought, a superb question. This was the question. What would you tell yourself, your 17-year-old self, if you could go back and talk to your 17-year-old self, or if you're 17, what would you say to your 7-year-old self? What would you possibly say, what would you say to that person? What would you tell them to, to, about life and everything, if you, could, if you could be with them? And most of the guys said this. Most of the guys said, I would t- say, risk more. That's not what I would say. That wasn't my answer. My answer was, I would say, trust him. He's not going to let you down. He's never going to let you down. And every minute you worried, Lowell, every minute you worried was a, was a waste. Every time you stressed and fret and everything like that, and you, you tossed and turned, it was a complete waste of time. Here's what I want you to say, say Lowell. You can trust him. He's faithful. He will see you through in every single thing. And that's what I just want to be able to say. I want this year to be different. I don't want to be, because, you know, it's kind of funny because the first thing we face as I'm telling this message is when things went haywire at the, at the church with, the, with all the things that we were going to do to, uh, today. And so again, we can either fret, we can stress, we can everything, or we can go, okay, God, you've got something else. You've got something different, different planned because here's what I want. I want to live like, truly live like David that he says in Psalm 56, 3, he says, when I'm afraid... I will trust, another word be there, I will rest in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. In God, I rest. I won't be afraid. What can a mortal person do to me? And I will truly want to live out Proverbs 3, uh, 3, 5. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Because I don't know about you, but I've, I've spent too much time trusting in my own understanding. And I want to trust in his faithfulness and his goodness a whole lot more than I do right now. You know, there's not only the trust aspect, there's the surrender aspect. And for some reason, when I, I thought about the, the surrender and how to illustrate that, my mind went back to, uh, to Operation Desert Storm. And I remember watching as thousands of Iraqi soldiers uh, came with their hands uh, high to, to surrender. And I thought about this. These, these guys had been bombarded for weeks before they, they surrendered. And they, they were called to, to fight a battle that they could not win by an evil dictator. 
And, and when they came, there wasn't fear in their eyes. That was the thing that I noticed. There wasn't fear in their eyes. There was relief in their eyes. Because when you can't win a battle and you surrender, there's relief in, the, in, in there. And the same thing with, with us is, is, I don't know about you, but I can't live this, this life, the Christian life, in my own power. I mean, you come to the realization of going, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do this. In, but, but you know what? I know there's a God that can. I know that God can, can live the life through me. And, and I think so much of surrender is this. It's not, it's, and it's a relief, is saying, God, I, I want to do this from now on. I don't want to live in my own strength, in my own power, in my own ingenuity, any of this. I want to live in yours. I want you to live through me. I don't want to try to do it on my own. I want you to live the life through me. And that, maybe that's when, you know, when, when, when Paul said that, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and takes care of me. Um, and so the, the thing is there is there's this hidden jewel in Scripture that's found in Isaiah. And listen to this, because I think it's a key to living this, the, uh, this, this year. I think it's a key to what God is wanting to do. Isaiah 30, 15, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust in quietness and trust is your strength. Do you know what that's saying? I'm not saying that our strength doesn't rest in, in our strength, in our ingenuity, in our brilliance, in our resources, in our effort, in our strain, our struggle. It doesn't rest in that. It rests in trusting in God's strength and in God's resources and in God's faithfulness and in God's all those, uh, all those things. And when we, I really believe, if we really understand that, it's going to change our life. It's going to change the way we, we live this. Um, and it's really, it's when we do that, we'll find rest and relief. And, and remember what David said in Psalm 4610. He said, he said this, he said, be still and know that I'm God. I wonder what would happen if every day we just took time to be still and know that he's God and we're not. And the other words for that are cease striving and know that he's God. Stop fretting and know that he's God. Rest and know that he's God. And starting next week, we're going to start a, a, a study. We're going to start a, a series that you asked for. We asked for, for you to fill out some, uh, a, a survey a while back and, and said, and the number one thing that you said you're struggling with is busyness, overwork, being overloaded, stress, and worry. That was the biggest thing that you said. So we're going to do a series next week called Overload. We're going to start that. And I'm going to give you the verse, the main verse that we're going to be doing right now because watch what it says. Watch how it relates to the word that God, we believe God gave us is this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is God's invitation to you this year, okay? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Can anybody in here relate to that? Anybody listening to this? I think we can all go, okay, that's me. I'm a candidate for this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you, what's the word? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, what's the word? Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to hear that if we're running around like a chicken with our head cut off, if we are overstressed, overworked, overburdened, it is not God's will for our life. We are outside of what God's intention is and what God, God can do to, to make that completely different in our, in our life. So uh, again, he's talking about God wants us to go deeper. What's the next word? Rest. And the third word is increase. 
And you look up the definition of increase, it means to, to, to become or make greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. And you think about it, our God is a God of increase. You know the very first commandment that he ever gave us as human beings? It is to be fruitful and increase. That was his command for us. Deuteronomy 28, 63, read that sometimes because it talks about God is pleased. He says he is pleased to prosper us and increase us. The Bible says that God wants to take us from glory to glory. You know what that means? God, that's all about increase. God wants to increase. And I'll tell you one thing that I want for, for, for my life this year. I want for my marriage marriage this year. I want for my family this year. I want for every single person who's hearing my voice this year. I want for us as a church this year. I want every good blessing that God has for us. I want to receive that. I want that to be part of our life. I want, I want, I want to increase in hope. I want every one of us to increase in hope. I want every one of us to increase in love. I want every one of us to increase in joy. I want every one of us to increase in generosity and, 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 and having the resources we need need and 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 our prayer life I want it to increase I want to increase our faith I want to increase the love that we have I want to increase every good thing that God has every good thing that you can think of I want to see an increase because I really believe it is biblical not only to uh, to want that but even pray for those things I'll show you what I mean listen to Isaac's blessing Isaac's blessing to his son Jacob he says this may God almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase listen to Moses' blessing over the nation of Israel. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. Listen to what Paul, his blessing over the the church of Thessalonica says this, uh, may the Lord make you, your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. He prayed for an increase of love for himself, for them, and for, so that it goes on and on as a blessing to others. The prayer of Jabez, which is a famous prayer. Listen to what it's really saying. Jabez has cried out to the Lord God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. He is saying for his own life, God in my life, increase my borders, increase my, my influence, increase your blessing into, into my, my life. And a Jewish blessing that they would pray in those days, may your flocks increase, may your numbers increase. And I wonder what would happen if this year, if every day of our life, we intentionally set out and, and went for the ask for God and went for the ask and said, God, I pray for every increase of blessing in my family. I pray for every increase of blessing and be specific for my children, for my parents, for my friends, for the people that I work with, for the people that I go to school with. God, I pray for increase for Crossroads Church and churches around in this area. Lord God, I pray for increase for what happens in our, in our community and in our, uh, in our nation. And look what happens when, when people did that. What happened with Jabez when he prayed that prayer, a prayer of God? God increased things in my life. What did God do? The Bible says, and God granted his request. I don't believe God would have granted that request if he didn't want that request. If, he didn't, if that request, if, that, if him going for the ask didn't bless him. Jacob was blessed incredibly by God. And maybe you look back and you go, you know, why was he blessed so, so much? Maybe it was because his daddy prayed that, prayed that blessing over his life. You know, one of my mentor, Bob Tuttle, uh, I, I looked at it one time and said, you are probably the most blessed person I've ever known in my life. And he said, I am blessed. He said, and he said, God told me why one day. He said, he told me why I'm so blessed. And I said, what is it? He said, he said, my daddy, he said, I'm blessing you because your daddy prayed for you decades before, every day. 
And I wonder how many times that our children's lives would be different if instead of complaining that we prayed a blessing over them. How about the nation of Israel? I mean, I think one of the reasons the nation of Israel is blessed of God so much is because Moses is blessing over them and said, bless this nation. And again, can you imagine if something happened twice in our nation, an awakening happened, not a revival, way beyond that. But our nation, when it was falling, I mean, there was a couple times read about it. There was bad times in our, our nation. And, and God just touched his nation. I mean, there were people that businesses would shut down. Schools would shut down because there were, there, the, the presence of God was so, was so evident. And, and people stopped everything and had prayer meetings and Bible studies and things like this. And just the power of God and the miracles were happening all over. And it all started, both of, both of them, with a handful of people praying. And maybe again, maybe instead of us complaining about our government, what if we spent more time praying for our government, praying for our, our, our leaders? And another thing is, listen to Proverbs eleven eleven: Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. Do you know what that's saying? It's saying we can actually make a difference in our community just by praying for our community, praying for our city, praying for our, our region, that it can be blessed and it can take, go to another level. It can increase. It can, it can thrive in a, in a greater way than it, does right, uh, than it does right now. And something I really believe too, I, I may have missed this saying this, I don't believe that you know, last year when we talked about thriving or when we talked about breakthrough, that it ended in 2018. I think it started there, a, a season of breakthrough, a season of thriving. And I think, again, a big part of that is going for the ask. The apostles in, in Luke 17, 5 said, Lord, increase our faith. As we said, Paul to Thessalonica said, said increase our, our love for each other. And here's what I'd love. I would love, love, love to see an increase in, in souls for, uh, for the kingdom of God this year. I would love to see more salvations than we've ever had in the history of our church. I would love to see more people baptized. I would love to see more people involved, hungry for the, for the word of God. I would love to see more healings. I would love to see more miracles. I would love to see more deliverances. I would love to see more reconciliations than people have. And what would happen if we spent an entire year, every single one of us, going for that ask and asking for those things, asking for more and more of, of God. Listen to this promise and, and, and know this. So I'm not saying we just want an increase for ourselves so we can be a cul-de-sac and just more, 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 God. Watch the reason we, we, we ask for that increase. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. This is Paul saying this. So that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He's saying increase, increase more. As it, as it is written, he scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. It's talking about the blessing we receive as we give. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply, and don't miss the word, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know what he's saying? He's saying, here's the reason. We want increase so, God, we ask for more love, not so we can just hoard that love, but so we can give that love to other people. God, we ask for more hope so we can be instruments, conduits of hope to a sighing, dying, crying world. God, help us, help us have resources. Give us more resources so we can bless those with others, not so we can just have more, but so we can, say, we can give more. God, help us to be, be in, in, in forgiveness and faithfulness. Help us to do that so we can offer that to other, uh, to other people as well. It's not saying we just want it for ourselves. We want to be a conduit of that for the world. And you know, uh, one thing that, that we had prayed for as a, as a staff is just saying that we asked by 2020 that we have over 2,000 people that are, that are part of watching the service every week in the service and watching online. And we way underestimated because it went up 
to that, just, we, we increased by, by three, four hundred in just a, just a matter of a couple of, of weeks. So we need, to, we need to readdress that. But maybe one of the reasons God did that is because we went for the ask. We asked for, for that. And you know, right now there was uh, a word that I believe God gave Bobby and I when we were up in the mountains praying one time is, is the, all, I never even knew what this word is. I never heard it before, but micro campuses. And I think God is really raising those up around for even some of the people that are hearing this word right now, that there's people in, in college campuses that are gathering people together and 5, 10, 15 people that are having a little micro campus. There's, we're going to be starting a, a micro campus at a, at a bar here in, uh, in, in Concord in a, in a few weeks, hopefully. We're going to be starting and, and maybe God is saying something. Maybe somebody's hearing this in the other side of the world. And God is raising you up right now to say, and that's what I want to do. I want to be a little micro campus of here that we have a relationship with, that we have a relationship around the world. But here's something that it seemed like God showed me just a couple of years ago, and I wanted to share it with you. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you about something that happened to me a few years ago. I was back on a berm back here praying when all of a sudden a youth came flying around the corner, not paying attention to where he was going, talking to his friend, and hit one of these trees. There's about seven of them in a, in a row here, and, and this is just one example of that. This isn't, isn't exactly the, the tree that he hit, but, but he hit the tree so hard that he knocked it to the ground, uprooted it, and it was only about six inches above the ground. And I thought, this tree is dead. There is no way this tree is coming back. And so uh, we put it back up just to keep it away from the, uh, the, the traffic and everything. And I thought, we can, you know, we can dig it up the next day and, and, or, or so and, and then plant a new tree. This tree is not the tree that he hit, but it's an example of the other six trees that are in this, this line. I want you to look at it a second. It has one root, and it has just a certain amount of uh, foliage. But in a second, we're going to con contrast that to the tree he actually hit. This is that other tree that the young man hit. And as soon as he hit it, and as soon as we put it back up, it was like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, this tree is symbolic. This tree is prophetic about what's happening in your life and about what's happening in the life of the church. I want you to know that even though this tree looked like it was dead, looked like it was dying, looked like it was beyond repair, if you saw it now, I wish you could see it with all the leaves. It is at least double the size of the other trees, of the, the trees that were not hit. Also, I'd like you to see the, the root system. Instead of it being one stump like the other trees, suddenly this has grown up to be 20 or 30 stumps. And I think that's symbolic in something that even though it looked like some things were dying in the church, some things were dying in my, my own life, instead of it uh, truly dying, it's grown and blossomed to even be better than before. God has always done some amazing things in Crossroads and through Crossroads, and to God be the glory for, for that. Uh, but I, I believe God's even up to something even cooler, even, even more amazing. I mean, somehow this is symbolic of, of just even, a, I believe, a greater growth with, uh, with greater fruit. And I believe this is symbolic of something. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I really believe it's saying that, that it's not just a few people that are, uh, are going to have a significant part in this, but it's every single person. I really believe that every person that's hearing the sound of my voice right now, that, uh, that you're one of those, uh, those roots. You're one of those tongues. 
In fact, just the other day, a, a young lady who started a, one of our micro campuses up at Appalachian, she came up to me and she said that. She said, yeah, I showed her this tree and she said, I'm one of those roots and I, God is going to use me to make a difference. And I believe he's going to do the same in your life. I believe God is inviting every single person who's hearing my voice right now to go deeper. And I want to remind you that that doesn't happen by accident. That happens because we make some choices and we take some steps to go deeper. What are some things you can do this year, some steps you can take to go two more inches? Maybe it's starting devotions, having devotions. Maybe it's getting involved in a Bible study. Maybe it's going on a mission trip, getting involved in ministry. I don't know what it is for you, but something I, I guarantee you, so you take those steps, you're not going to be the same person 365 days from now. If you take those steps, you're going to look back and you're going to go, wow, look what God's done. Or if, even if you can't see it, people around you are going to see you're a different person. I'm challenging you. I'm encouraging you. I'm inviting you through, I believe, the invitation of what God's doing here to go two more inches. God's inviting us to rest, to trust Him, to trust His character, to trust His love, to trust His word, to trust His promises, and to take up His yoke, and not this world's, not the ones that we have for ourselves. God's inviting us to surrender, to say, I can't do this on my own. God, I need your Holy Spirit. I need you living through me. I can't do this on my own. And when we do that, we're going to find a peace and we're going to find a relief. God's inviting us, I believe, to go for the ask of an increase. I'm asking you to do, try to do something every day for one year, to pray for an increase for your family, for your loved ones, for your coworkers, for relatives. Ask God to increase your faith and your love and your forgiveness, your mercy your influence, your joy, your peace, your resources. Pray for this church and its leaders, that God increase it. Pray for our, our city. Pray for our nation. Pray that God increase us in every way in our life and our family and go for the ask. God wants to take us deeper, God wants to invite us to rest and trust in Him. And God wants us to ask for an increase. And I believe when we do that, we are not going to be the same 365 days from today. That we worry less and we trust more. That we go those two inches. And we ask for God to bless us. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm going to ask us that we do something. If we could stand and join hands even across the aisles, we're going to pray and dedicate this year to, to God. If we can join across the aisles, get to finally hold hands with that person next to you. Take a second for that to happen. This is a beautiful sight. I wish you could see this. Let's pray. God, we dedicate 2018 to you. But before we do that, 
we thank you for 2017. We thank you, God, for all the blessings of life that you gave us. We thank you for every area of our life that, we, that, that you brought a thriving in. And God, we say it wasn't a perfect year, but God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the things that we, that we take for granted. Thank you for life and for food and for shelter. Thank you, God, for friendship. Thank you, God, for, for just, uh, for, again, just for, for closing our back. Thank you for all the serendipitous things that you did, for the things we weren't expecting, but you, but you blessed us with not only just a, a want, but also a need, but also, God, some of the wants that we have in our life. Thank you, God, for helping us thrive as a church. Thank you for taking us to a whole different level, God. Thank you for, for the breakthroughs that we've had in our, in our life and in our church and in our families. And God, right now, as a, as a church body and those who are watching online, we dedicate this year to you. We ask that this is a year that you are glorified through what we say and what we do. We pray, God, that this is a year that we experience your grace and your favor in a deeper way, and we are conduits of that to a, to a hurting world. We pray, God, for, for increase. We ask you for an increase in our church. We ask you for an increase of souls. We pray for an increase of ministries. We pray for an increase of influence in, this, in our community and in this, uh, in this world. We pray, God, for breakthroughs. We pray for thriving again, Lord God. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you help us to trust, that we worry less and we trust more. That God, help our roots to go down. Help us to take those steps that we need to do and help us not be the same people. Help our roots go down deeper, our building go up higher, and, and God, just for us to experience you in the waves of this world in a deeper way than ever before. We, God, you've told us, you invited us to launch out in the deep, and we want to go there with you. And all God's people said... Amen.